Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello, and welcome everyone. Welcome to the NFT Rebels. I'm very excited today because I reconnected with Stella Bell, who's in the studio today. Um, very, very happy to reconnect because uh, I know you from my very first steps into crypto. We we met on Steemit, which is uh, you know, which is how I discovered crypto, and which is basically. Uh, how I ended up uh, falling down the rabbit hole, basically. So <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna give Stella a few minutes if she hasn't shared this um, stream with her followers. I shared yet. it, so we're good. Okay, done. But do you so... remember that I met you in the very beginning in 2015 with the James Altucher Choose Yourself group? Did exactly? That's yeah, how that I first beef- met you. That's that was even before crypto, exactly. It's yeah. Before so, crypto. <laughs> yeah. So for those who um, who don't know that part of my life, so back in the days, I had a podcast because I've, I've been podcasting since eight years already. So it was my first podcast, which was for writers who wanted to become authors, and that's where, uh, when, and how I met James Altucher, and he was on my show. We did an interview and I ended up being part of his community as a result. So, uh, yeah, and Stella was <laughs> part of that community as well. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just uh, we kept bumping into each other's in different places. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny because um, the crypto community trolls James Altucher all the time because he had all those crypto ads in 2017. Do you remember? Yes. Maybe I see what times. We would see it on Twitter. It's like they had the algorithm down. I would see James Altucher's like his ads. Yeah, I was actually very surprised when that started happening because like in my we mind... We knew him as he was not like a crypto enthusiast, right? He was just like, exactly. he's an yeah. author, this crazy guy that makes money in weird ways, right? That's how I, yeah. So. Yeah, he's a very non-standard person and uh, yeah, he has a very inspiring story in a sense that he has felt too many times and he has, you know, uh, come yeah. up again, you know, all these right. times and plus I, one. I did the same thing like i went broke in 2008 during the first recession like i lost everything i was zeroed out like oh 100% that's why it was like when i found james altucher i was like wait a minute how do i like crawl back out of this shit? you know and there he was and so it was like wow I, he's like providing um a good role model for me because i mean you know, he's lost everything and he's not afraid to tell everyone about that, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, uh, 
you know, that that's one thing that really requires courage because he he almost had no filters. He's kind of going there. Uh, he doesn't the audience have filters. He and just shares not. absolutely everything, no matter how personal or how deep and how yeah. vulnerable it is. Uh, and not everyone can do that. It's it's very very hard. And um, and you don't even know how people will react to it because sometimes like they are not ready to hear that or or to see that stuff, right? So, yeah, I learned a <laughs> lot from him like the main thing I took away was just don't publish and I use it in art too um don't publish or mint anything unless it makes you feel a little butterflies in your stomach because that's yeah. like an indicator that it will have some feeling potentially to other people if you feel a little bit like oh this this is a little you know this is this is like making me feel nervous about it and um I use that um, method that was like the most powerful thing that he, that he taught me really is that that's it's, it because like I don't want to yeah. if you release boring stuff that like is too much looks like other people's stuff it's not going to stand out and if you don't feel passion for it or like it's really revealing something about you or it, it, it it's like then no one else will feel anything either that's kind of how I yeah. look at it it's it's right. it's absolutely true because I think like the worst thing that can happen to an artist who's putting out artwork is basically getting indifference in return. Even when when the feelings are negative or you get a bit of backlash, you still have provoked some kind of feelings in people's hearts. So it's still mm -hmm. a good sign, right? But when people are completely indifferent and it just passes them by and they don't feel anything, I think that's worse than negative emotions. So I think um, you're right. Yeah, and I think it's it's a very good point about these days there are some artists because who are trying to make it in the space and they're pretty much ready to mint anything. Just, you know, bulk mm -hmm. mint stuff just to put stuff out with the hope that some of it will work out. And and I think that's a very, very good point that, you know, you, you need some kind of... Uh, parameters you need some some kind of you know ways for yourself to decide which ones to choose which ones to mint because minting for the sake of minting uh, i just feel that it's not right at all so yeah hey um can 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 i get a small i i gotta get a glass of water can can yeah. i come back sure. in yeah, two yeah. seconds sure. okay hold on sure 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 sorry I'll, I'll hear it. Wait, you can still hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can still hear you. So, yeah. Oh, that's crazy because uh, <laughs> I just got these AirPods finally. I joined the rest of the universe. Okay. <laughs> rest uh, of the universe. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I actually, you know, because I was so stressed when I realized that I messed up the hours. So, everyone, I apologize because I, uh, I miss calculated the time difference and so yeah i need an assistant <laughs> if anyone can help me no, i'm just kidding okay time so, zone okay, uh, nightmares yeah. yeah so so going back to the yeah i mean we met at james altucher's community and then later on i discovered Stimit, and uh, and i think that's that's when i started kind of you know figuring out crypto and everything else and and stella back in those days i think it was what around five years ago or so um mm -hmm. stella was already a big influencer on that platform uh with, with yeah, very i was big early adopter yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by the time I I came on board, it was like kind of. I mean, it wasn't late, but you know, the the early adopters were already there for quite a long time, and uh, and I think it's it's very interesting in terms of um, it felt like Steemit had everything, like all the components that we needed for crypto kind of getting to know crypto right because like it was you you were earning crypto so you ended up just discovering what to do with the steam dollars and with steam how to exchange it to use exchanges to use wallets figuring things out etc so you were going down that route but at the same time there was this very strong crypto community component which was kind of you know it was still a community just like you know james altucher's but it had a different vibe to it it had different kind of you know thing underlying which was very specific to the crypto communities and and also probably it was relevant to today's quote-unquote kind of you know nft uh, space because most of the people on Steemit were creators, right? So it kind of, it felt like it was like the NFT community is now, but it's very, very early kind of, you know, newborn version of it, uh, where back in those days, we weren't even kind of talking about NFTs as as we're doing now, right? Well, um, I don't know if you realize I did start and found a crypto art collective called Slothicorn, which um, I was doing some, uh, I wrote that article today about creative commons versus copyright. And so my community was actually, the whole reason it existed is because um, I was able to pay artists for doing creative commons work. And also in that community, everyone was educating everyone else about the current crypto art project. So around that time, the CryptoPunks was released. So people found out about CryptoPunks through uh, my collective. Um, And then also, you know, the first art platform was like Rare Art Labs. And I was a part of that. And then um, Super Rare, I was like in their Discord, like one of the first people in there. And um, what 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 my goal with that was to um, educate artists about the uh, emerging crypto art um, platforms and to get artists paid. So my um, collective paid out $46,000 in um, you know US dollars amount through our curatorial teams and um, through the, through the um, Steam ecosystem, which you know is, you know, paid upvotes is how it is. But I used my own funds to fund that whole project and it lasted about a year. And, um, you know, the artists were very resistant to my idea of creative commons back then because, you know, the artists were like, so like, Hey, I've never been paid for my art. Like I don't want to release it to creative commons. I just carried on because my theory, which, which I wrote the article about this. My theory was that in the tokenized economies, we can actually share art and using NFT technology to do so, of course. Um, I mean, that's the revised version of it. Now we have the technology so we can do this is that when you allow everyone to freely use your art on the internet, but you release the project uh, with an NFT, which is you know the economic component already figured out, then the buyers of your um, Creative Commons um, NFTs can use your art 
to then make it go much further than it would if it had the copyright. So what my article did is I want everyone to understand that I wrote it from the vantage of knowing that CCO, which is public domain NFT projects are more lucrative. They make more money because that's really where we're at. People just want to know, hey, how do exactly. I make money as yeah. an artist? How do I do that? Look, take it from me. That's why I wrote the article. It is very clear. And it's. I'm going to give you an example. And this should solidify in all artists and everyone that's out there who's listening right now, the differences. I want to illustrate because I think I crystallized it down into two examples that you should be. It should be crystal clear after you hear this. Okay, we're gonna look at one um, project which has restrictions on the usage of the art and then one very successful, they're both very successful, I should say that. Um, but you know, it's, it's revealing itself to be something else. Okay, so two projects, one restrictions are there, one, there are no restrictions, it's public domain art. The first example I will give you is CryptoPunks. There mm -hmm. are restrictions on the usage of the art. Buying the NFT does not allow you to, number one, set up an Etsy shop. I think there's some limit to how much you can make, okay? So there's a limit. That's what I want to mention. Yeah. There is like a psychological limitation to how far you can take your art that you bought as an NFT, which is the CryptoPunk. Okay, so is that it constricts you with your freedom to imagine all kinds of scenarios. For example, creating a, a successful sneaker brand, creating an Etsy shop, creating stickers, your own stores on all of these print on demand things, writing a book about it. What if you make a bestseller and you make a million dollars? You will be sued by Larva Labs. There's a restriction yeah. on how much you can earn. Okay, so that's one example. Now, let's take another example of Cryptodes by this artist named Gremplin. He released it, uh, CCO, which is public domain. It has, a, it has a volume of $215 million as of right now, 7,000 items, and there's about 3,600 owners. And the floor price is 3.6 ETH. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to tell everyone why this is. When you get a Cryptodes, you can do anything you want with it and you do not even have to do attribution. Mm -hmm. If I bought a Cryptoad today, Cryptodes with a Z, if I bought one right now, I could do the following. Open an Etsy shop, design sneakers that sell a million dollars worth. I can write a book about my Cryptodes. I can start a comic book and have all my friends who also own cryptodes as the other characters in the comic book. I could do, I could take out a billboard. I can do a commercial. I can do whatever the hell I want. It is public uh -huh. domain. And for this reason that this is an expansive energy that comes from the CCO projects, meaning absolute freedom, the energy compounds because it is human activity and energy which are the number one most important thing about anything that involves humans. So money follows energy. And so that's why in the case of cryptodes, it is wildly successful beyond anyone's wildest dreams because they think we are conditioned to think 
well, wait a minute, what's the copyright? Like someone's going to steal my art. I'm going to have to get lawyers involved, right? This is yeah. the corporate, this is the corporate mentality that we have all been brainwashed into believing that is the truth. And I'm here to set the record straight that this is not the way. And we can see this way because when I made my own project, CCO, which is public domain, I felt this enormous release of tension, stress, and anxiety release mm -hmm. because I am not going to have to, number one, worry about any type of copyright infringement. I'm not going to have to waste my creative energy on trying to figure out now who's doing this and what's, you know what, it all, it all becomes very clear to me that all the derivative projects that can emerge from the one Creative Commons work, a, a project, is a max benefit to number one, synergy, human freedom, and also economics. I would rather have 10,000 people benefit from my art and have them financially ex um, succeed than just one, me becoming a trillionaire. And that is what we have to understand that is going on. And I know I'm, I'm acting like a fanatic, but I had the big moment recently when I saw cryptodes and how it was an expansive energy project. I, it all came, it, it was fucking clear as a bell. I, and so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, go ahead, sorry. And it, but it, what I wanted to say, crystallize it into this other one thing. The internet, our brains, and creative commons, and the air that we breathe, and the water, all the stuff, this is the same thing. Creative commons is a natural force, and our, our minds are the same as that. Our minds are not built to be trapped, enslaved, and constricted, and the internet shows us that that is reality. And so... I, I'm not going to get into an argument of like crypto punks versus funks um, because that's <laughs> yeah. not what I would do. I'm a creator and I create new things, but I use things all the time. Like, because, you know, I'm absorbing information. Right. And I can't cut that off. I can't, you know, I did steal someone's tweet recently, but I paid him half of the, uh, the proceeds from the art. Uh, big shout out. Because it was <laughs> of the new Karens. <laughs> the Karens of the, of the internet. Damn it, this thing fell out. Okay. And I literally stole that tweet because I was like, this is fucking genius. Like, anyway, but I, I, I fessed up and I said, hey, I took this tweet from you and um, here's, the, here's the art. And, and then I was like, oh, I need to pay you half. And so, but I always do attribution. If, if it, you find yourself in my art, there's a description, a link to your Twitter. So you're getting, you're getting follows and engagement through my work. And then my, um, whatever, my conscience is still, you know, it's still intact. And I feel like, hey, if I stole someone's tweet, I probably should give them half. I'm, I'm not saying that's going to be the case for everything because um, I just don't really believe in this idea that everything is just like islands. We're all interconnected, right? Um, now, with the Art Wars thing with Ben Moore, who did not communicate to those artists, literally ripped off their art and slapped it on the NFTs. Okay, that's where I'm like, no, 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 that's not the right way. You have to like 
at least communicate with um with artists like it's yeah. a gray area right now it's all it's yeah, all kind it of is. It, it's right? gray area it's a, even with legislation and everything else which is kind of you know not uh you know not not very clear but um but i i, I really liked that that point that you made which is basically that by doing so, you are enabling people to talk about your art and 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 to sort of you know to 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 share it with more people, so more people will know about it, right? So basically, they are promoting your art because exactly. the original one is going to be there, right? And I remember because like, it's a marketing thing. Then it becomes absolutely it yeah. becomes a gigantic marketing machine where someone else has their own sets of groups of friends and people that they know. So when they share something. They're exposing my art to all those other people over there. Absolutely. So and basically, it's yeah, you, you're reaching out places and people you wouldn't be able to reach by yourself. And and I think like you know, it reminds me of the times um, during the self-publishing years. Like there were many self-published authors who actually themselves with another accounts were going to these pi uh, pirate websites and uploading their books. So it would, you know, oh, would download it. And, oh, and yeah, more you could do torrents would, too, right? Yeah, so like, basically that's what they were doing. So by, by giving out their just, art. Yeah, so basically people would just go there and, and you know, get the private uh, pirate copies of those things. But that gave them opportunity to learn about the author. And maybe the logic was that they would buy the next book because they liked it, right? But um, so so I, I knew a few cases where, where they were doing it on purpose, saying that, yeah, 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 I want my book to be stolen because like that more people will learn about me. So uh, it just reminds me of this. I also you know, want my art thing. to be stolen now <laughs> and I I, I, I want to let people know that um, I didn't I didn't have all of this crystallized in 2020 because then I entered the um, crypto art nft space full-time as an artist and I was like following what other artists were doing and no one was like really talking about or releasing their art with a certain license there was really no discussion about it and it was just like well, I'm going to try to see if I can figure, you know, this out. How do I sell my art and all, you know, all this stuff. And then I was like, if I decide to release it under creative commons, like I don't want to make art collectors angry. That was like my first thought, like, yeah, you know, and so I had a lot of fear, like, so I'm not unlike a lot of artists that are asking these questions because we're afraid. We're afraid that that's oh, that's the argument Larva Labs uses usually, right? The the Larva Labs says I'm protecting my my punk. I'm protecting my IP, that, right? or whatever. So it's um, an old, so yeah, it's a it's an old way of thinking. In my newer, I mean, I kind of feel like I had a moment of enlightenment when I saw a successful CCO project. And you cannot change the fact that $215 million of volume, that you don't need any more information than that. Yeah. Do you? No, no. Did you, did you know that? 
Did you know well, about I know, this, this project? Yeah, yeah, I, I know about Cryptodes because um, I'm I'm part of the Niftyfy team and Cryptodes are whitelisted on our project, which means that people can use Cryptodes as collateral to get a crypto loan. So they can put their crypto as a collateral. Uh, well, how and, do we get, get crypto, crypto stellas on there? We haven't even talked about my own project. Yeah. We're, I don't want to bring up my own project until it's time. No, no, no. We're going to get there. So we'll... we'll yeah. Let's progress with with the thing. You mentioned something that is is I'm sure many of the people who are watching this now are uh, that's their dream, right? To become full time artist and to ditch their nine to five job, which kind of many perceive as something that gets on the way of them and creating more and doing what they love, taking out so much time and energy out of them, uh, damaging creativity for many, obviously, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And everyone is on this path, hoping that. That, you know eventually they will get there and finally they will do this full time so what was your journey there how hard it was to get there how long did it take you so like okay. those who are listening can kind of imagine what to expect <laughs> okay number one i have been an artist practically my whole life but starting in college when i learned i could draw and it was during math class and I was drawing, doodling, and these weird, like these really bizarre things were coming out of me. And I was like, what is this? Like, I really didn't think of myself as an artist, but I had, um, I was friends with this uh, very, uh, I'd say she's a genius, but um, she's a writer. And uh, we had a creative life where we would do experiments. So I, I discovered video feedback on my own. And it's funny because when I discover things, I think I'm the first one to figure this out. Um, but I wasn't. It was just um, we started making films, um, creating like miniature fake art movements. We call we made up this art movement called Art Forte or uh, Flower Arte and stuff, and like made people think it's real. So I I got into um, a creative life very early on, and I literally have been doing art some form and i lump writing into that as well it's a creative endeavor that's what it is um yeah from from the, from those times now what i was terrible at is how do i make money from this so i did freelance web design Lost i taught myself us. how to i taught myself html learned some coding and and stuff like that in the early days of the internet um i was doing freelance web design at that time uh, but i was terrible with um uh, making money with art because I wanted to do my own art. Um, so there's always been a mismatch in my mind. Money is over here and art, my creativity and who I really, you know, what I really want to do is over here. So here's what I had to do. Okay. Step number one in 2020. Well, I built the Slothicorn creative um, uh, collective so that that I could wrangle up all the artists together and we can figure this out, right? Um, and, and learn everything from each other and collaborate. That collective wasn't really about how do we make a million dollars? It was how do we earn crypto from our art? So that's my first, in 2017 is when I, I started to put everything together. I was in research mode. So I started following coin artist because she used to hide bitcoins in her art and she invented the Bitcoin puzzle genre. 
And so I thought, you know what? I want to be like coin artists. You know, I want to build ciphers and I want to build puzzles and stuff. So through my collective, um, I actually just just starting that collective actually, um, you know, I was earning steam and stuff like that from from there. But it wasn't it was before the NFT explosion. Right. So now we're in a different space. So artists that are just coming in right now, the first thing you have to decide for yourself is how dedicated do you want to be? Because when I went in full time crypto art NFT world in the beginning of 2020, I sat my ass down and I said, it's time to stop chasing shit coins because I was doing that in 2018 <laughs> um, because, you know, the bear market hit. Get dedicated to making making sure that you follow through. Okay, so like number one is you have to work on your psychological stuff. You have to say, do I really want to do this? Okay, once you get to that point, I would take this advice. It wasn't until I designed my Crypto Stella's NFT project. I designed it in a very distinctly different way than everyone else. I had a goal and a purpose. And the number one purpose was not to sell a bajillion dollars worth. It was to collect my collectors and to find people that I can form a group with and we can create the most synergy and intelligence of like the NFT world. And so I have a very different goal than everyone else because everyone else is saying, well, how do I make money? How do I make money? Now I'll tell you the reason that I did it. I don't like to sell. I used to sell cars and stuff. I hated every minute of it. Um, and the reason I don't like to sell my art is because it's like trying to sell my own underwear. That's what it feels like every fucking time. It's like, Here's my underwear that I've been, you know, spending time with. That's what my art feels like because I put everything I have into it. And yeah. and it's it's personal, okay? And it's hard. It's like trying to chop off my arm and say, "Would you like to buy this for $2,000?" That's what it feels like. So, here's here's what you need to do is I'm going to lay everything out how I do things so that people will understand. Number one, I have a goal that is different than trying to make money. Okay. Yeah. Now I know that people want to make money. I need to make money to eat. But when I focus only on selling, I become miserable. So here's what I did. I have a flat rate for my paintings for the um, crypto Stellas, which is uh, 0.08 ETH. Okay. That's one thing I did. I made it cheap so that people, they're worth more than that. I mean, they are. I, I'm not just, they're they are worth more than that. People have paid 0.88 ETH and 1.9 ETH for them. And so now we know that they're worth more. So what I do though, is I, I intentionally flatten it out. And this mm -hmm. does two things. It makes the people who invest in those and who buy them, they can make money off of me. Yeah. Number one. Number one, they are then advocates. So they, it's like, you want the project to succeed if you have it and you want to sell my art and you own it. Uh, number two, the thing it does is it reduces the anxiety and like all the tension about how come my stuff's not selling for 69 million? Yeah. Right. Okay. It takes away that. Then it creates demand because not only do I do a flat rate 
I do a ninja drop every once in a while. So I um, reward people who pay attention. Mm-hmm. And so, so when I do a ninja drop, people like rush to get it because I don't <laughs> do, no one knows when it's happening. Right. Yeah. I've created uh-huh. a game out of it. Okay. So that's one way. The other, the other ways that I sell them is that I make puzzles and ciphers. I want to attract smart people. I need developers. I need coders. I need all kinds of, all kinds of people for what I have planned in the future. So I design my art to attract the people that I want. It is, it is, I'm going to write a book about this. I'm pretty sure by the end of it, because in essence, what I'm doing is a giant book. It is, it's like, it just happens to be using NFT technology. So, um, it's the the stuff I'm working on is, is like, I mean, I hate to sound elitist, but actually no one is doing what I'm doing. I think I might yeah. be the only one. That's why I think that it's essential that I write a book about this because I've solved a lot of my own problems as an artist. So what I would say to artists is you have to get really specific about your goals and what you want to do mm-hmm. because just selling your art and want pe- wanting people to buy it, I don't think it's going to cut it because it's oversaturated right now. You know, everyone is looking at And it's going to get worse with the charm. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get more insane. Now, yeah. the reason I did all of the things I'm doing, which I think I left some stuff out, the amount of ways I'm selling my art is enormous and it's changing all the time. So past karmic deeds also earn you a crypto Stella. I have a running list. Um, the founder of Data, her name is Beatrice Ramos. She's on my list. And these people emerge to me because what I'm doing is actually, I'm documenting the good, bad, and the ugly of the NFT world. And so, I, yeah, I'm making one project. I call it the Secure BFB project because it was the emergence of the mediocrity mixed with greed that got me so depressed about what the fuck is going on. I saw these influencers who just vampires take completely taking over the conversation, the mind share, the philosophy, fucking everything, right? And I got disgusted. And that's why I made my project because I said, you know what? I have a fucking different way of the future and a different vision of it. And it doesn't look like yours at all. And that's why I got angry. I got, I got depressed and then I got mad. And then now <laughs> I feel more love because I'm showing by doing what I feel is correct and what the world actually needs, which is a give and take and a more uh, direct connection with your uh, collectors and your buyers and meeting your other needs other than just your own that is that those are all things that form a business and that's how you have to look at things now unless you're uber you know if you are just you want to go on super rare and have them do your marketing for you that's what you got to ask yourself what do you want so if you if you just want to just do the i don't have anything against super rare like i have intentions of applying there um if you just want to do it super rare way, then you know get go on Known Origin too because I've been hearing a lot of really positive things about Known Origin. Me too. Um, yeah. 
lots. They care about, they were here from the beginning too. Um, I'm yeah. actually going to think about applying to known origin. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I, to put my... I met a yeah, few sorry. people from... Yeah, I met in person a few people from the team here in London at an event. Mm. And I can tell you, like, you know, especially in physical encounters, you can't really fake genuine sort of interest in the space. You can't fake caring and all that stuff. So obviously it was showing on the online space for sure. And many artists were very kind of happy with the way they were treated because, you know, when you compare it with some other platforms, it's like a massive, a big Nifty difference. gateway. <laughs> I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go on Nifty gateway. Yeah, I, I wouldn't try them. So I don't know. But, but yeah, yeah, that's another thing, right? When, when you pay attention in the market and when you talk, you know, enough people and you talk to them just by talking to them you can already know who is a good player and who is not so good player, right because you see so, you yeah. hear different uh, in different contexts you hear the same names over and over again from different people so you can make your own judgments even if you haven't tried them but from my personal experience i'm not on any of those platforms yet uh but uh no no region i just you know i, I know that they care and they are very involved they don't look from a side right they are involved and they are part of the community which is very important they are not you know, some of them are artists themselves. They really understand the space. They understand the yeah. artist's mindset and everything else. So I think it's it's very, very important. And there are always trade-offs, right? Like, you know, if you want to take everything, you know, if you're making a decision that it's going to be under your own control and everything is going to be yours, then obviously you need to put more work into it and you have to take care of all these other aspects as well. If you feel like, okay, you know what, I'm okay with the trade-off, I'm fine with, you know, others taking care of my visibility and showing me support and in return I give up part of the control or, you know, part of the um ownership or whatever and things are not super customized and specifically made for me or for my needs but it's fine then it's another choice i mean both have a place to be but but that's important point that you're mentioning that you know as a start one needs to understand for herself assess, or herself yeah what, what do you want strength. what are yeah. your own strengths and then you can cater it towards um yeah opening your own like project which is you know like i have a project name and it's that's that's a that's an important thing that the social aspect is for me maybe just as important or more important because then those people become my advocates and that's the thing that you will not get if you do not have a project and have a group so yeah. so that's the thing you got to ask yourself right and if you know, async art is really good too. Um, there's there's a lot of really good um, platforms. Like uh, it just yeah. it all depends. You can custom do whatever. And you know, I'm a little bit like, um, and and I've been analyzing this. Every artist has a certain way that they're doing everything, and I'm a little bit like, well, not not in the art style, but like what Robness does is he just goes everywhere independently. You know, he's on Tezos and he's there and there and, you know, he collabs with people on Super Rare, even though Super Rare kicked him off. Um, and I, I, I kind of resonate with that because I'm kind of the same way. Like, I got to be the driver of my ship. So it's kind of like I'm going to go over here if I want to go over here right now and we'll see how it all 
So I, I mean, and I started off an NFT showroom. I've got art there and on Rarible. I have art on Tez and I mean, I'm just fucking all over the place, right? Uh, <clears throat> I'm working up to um, getting uh, a different collection maybe for known origin or super rare. Um, we'll see. But uh, it, it, it just all depends, you're right, on the personality of the artist and what you feel comfortable with. But yeah, I don't know. I'd suggest everyone try out known origin. Like if they're starting out, would you, wouldn't you suggest that? Are you on known origin? Yeah, uh, I have a oh, okay. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for the response. So I haven't received anything yet. Uh, so it's in process because I think they got... 1,500 applications under this wave. So it, it will probably take them a, a bit of time to, to go over all of those. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. So in the meantime, you can ask yourself, you know, those those hard questions is like, what is your goal in yeah. the crypto art world? Like, what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? And um, the, the, the strangest thing that I found is that when I, when I began to focus on on my goals, which are way bigger than anything that I could accomplish on my own, you know, there's there's a couple things that I, I would like to uh, influence the culture. Is is like that's actually probably the biggest thing that mm -hmm. that I can say that I would I want as as a person that is alive right now is um, I want influence over the culture because the culture has gone to shit. Let's be mm. real about it. It really do has. You, do you um, see parallels with what happened with ICOs and 2017, etc., and what is happening same. now with the thing? It's the same. Right? It's the same. And, you know, it's hard to resist when 99% of the energy and all the stuff coming at you is of that thing, which is really what it is, is that people are focused on the money right now, yeah. number one, and only focused on the money. Like there's nothing else. So in my mind, I think that it's been co-opted. The, the people that were in, when I was starting out, we never talked about like how much money we were going to make. And Oh, we're gonna make millions of dollars. That's not yeah. what no, no, the no, storyline. I remember right? the I remember the Steemit community in the very beginning. It was so idealistic. It it's like we're yeah. finally earning from our creativity. We're able to eat from crypto. Everything was about empowering and and it was, getting yeah. educated, right? Sharing information. The it, thing is, yeah. we can actually go back to that and earn a fuck ton of money. That's what I, I think that I, that's, that's what my title of my book is. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to choose to be poor or choose copyrighted stuff. You can choose creative commons and earn a fuck ton of money. End of yeah. story. That's yeah, it. It's not one so, or the so other. You can do both. It's That's not one or yeah. the other anymore. This technology allows poor people I mean, I came from zero when I came into steam it. I was fucking broke. The recession like wiped me out. And I was like, and it was just like, when I found out that I could earn money writing on steam it. And I, you know, I didn't have to, because I was, you know, a tech writer for this uh, interesting engineering at the time. 
and I was getting paid shit money and working my ass off. It was like $500 a month to write seven articles per day. And it wasn't light. It was like, I was writing about nanotechnology. I was writing about Nikola Tesla's inventions and shit like that. It was like, it was high level stuff, but it didn't pay my bills. The whole point is that um, now that we have crypto, we have all these tools. Now we got to fucking figure out how to use them. Right. So it's kind of like, that's what I want everyone who's listening, who's an artist to ask ask yourself this question. What do you, what are your goals? Okay. Yeah. You want to make it as an artist, but why, you know, why why do you want to do? Yeah. Why, why do you want to, what do you like? What do you have to say? What, What kind of influence do you want? Do you, you know, why do anything? Like I'm kind of like a, you know, uh, a hardcore asking questions, but like, I like stuff, you know, that makes me think and that is um, challenging and that like, you know, is kind of like shaking things up. And so, you know, um, but I know that not not everyone's like, no, 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 I'm with you on that because I think like, you know, um, that's another choice, right? You can make a choice of, okay, you know what? It's, it's hyped period. Uh, things are working out like you know there's lots of money and attention etc etc you can choose to like okay let me do one collectible just grab the money and and that's it and and you know solve my problems and 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 move on right or you can I wouldn't choose recommend to be there it. <laughs> not at all but what i'm saying is like there is still even that is a is a matter of a choice, right? There are so many different ways. Yeah, of, you could do a derivative you know, project of toads. I I recommend everyone just do a derivative of uh, a CCO project. Hell, fucking do one of mine, because you know what? There's lots of buyers that are already lined up that can't get a hold of the crypto stellas. So, a derivative project is probably a way to make money. If you look at my stats and everything, if you kind of look at how much money. Is, is is coming in and the amount of people that want it yeah I, I think saying. in your case i think you know here the issue is that that's another question right to make a choice around whether it's going to be just art or it's going to be a project with a purpose right because in your case there is a purpose behind it there is a statement behind it there is kind of you know a specific way of doing things and also kind of you know you have a message that you're sharing with your collection you have a message about you know i don't like the way things are at the moment in this space i want to make it different right i want to make it better i also i want to let everyone know i want to laugh like i i love humor and comedy and dark comedy you know give me something to laugh at like i spend most of my days laughing on twitter and I admit it right now. I, I fucking love comedy and humor. And so there is a, you know, huge humor component because laughter is like, you know, I mean, when I, when I see like a, a meme that is just so accurate, that's describing what's going on, there's really nothing better than just finding that. And then yeah. kind of expounding on that. Cause yeah, when I found that tweet about uh, CryptoPunks are the Karens of crypto. Oh, wait, CryptoPunks are the. Oh, no, CryptoPunk owners are the Karens of crypto. <laughs> I just. Anyway, I just pretty much lost it because, I mean, 
it's kind of true because they're like, eh, you know, like IP and, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very different culture. Right? It's a very different kind of. Uh, and, I just think that's why, pay, right? When They all paid a million dollars for their, their JPEG. And now they're like. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God, uh, you know. and I think it's, that's why, like, you know, it's, it's so different. Like, you know, people keep talking about flippening and like, you know, punks versus board apes and all that stuff. But it's so hard for me to even compare those because those are completely two very different extremes, right? They are not, there are two projects that are not even like each other because in one extreme, you have Larval Labs, which is very kind of detached from the community and more kind of corporate vibe and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. you have four Apes team that is kind of, you know, really very community centric. But they're right? not, they're but not, they're not creative commons either. So when you buy they a board Apes. Either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the rules, but I know that because I talked to my friend Mike. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Um, <laughs> I talked to him, and he was like, "You can't. It. You don't have the IP intellectual property of a board." No, ape. they are so, not Creative Commons. What they are is basically mm-hmm. when you buy buy the app uh, ape, you are buying also the commercial rights and the license and the copyright for that specific ape, which is yours. So it's it's, you, it's kind you, of it's. It's one of the middle, mm. right? So you can make a derivative project, but with your own ape, not all apes, just just yours, the oh, one that you right. own. Okay, so, okay. It's so it's basically something in between. Okay. Yeah, so it's basically, yeah. you know, if uh, and uh, you know, sorry for any lawyers who are watching, steps, like, because yeah, yeah, I'm not a lawyer, so this is just. I'm my not an expert on apes. So I don't know. I'm but not an what, expert. What on I've it. understood, it's like. It's in between the two extremes, right? It's it's not Creative Commons. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a gray area. So, so, so that's basically, what I, that's yeah. what I see happening is that is that slowly, <laughs> slowly we're getting back to my original fundamentals on why I created. Yeah, I so collecting, we're getting basically we're going back to what I knew in 2017, which is I, I basically just said. Uh, the future is about a we economy, not an I economy. Yeah. Because it expands. Yeah. It's more expansive and it it's more energetic, right? You're operating at a higher energy. And like lawyers and stuff seem like web two to me. That seems yeah, like, like an old creative, model. Creative commons empower everyone at the same time. In the board ape model, they also empower their whole community, but like one license and one ape at a time, like one on right. one. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that's 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 kind of the way I see this. I don't know. I mean, maybe my understanding I know, is I like, wrong. I but like that. No, no, I like that. We empower one ape at a time, which is actually very astute observation. With that, <laughs> I love it. And uh, I just want to—I want to mention everyone to think about this for one second. Is that um, corporations, like giant ones, they're—they're they're one of the bigger, biggest um, influencers of the human mind, right? How the corporations operate, and copyrights actually benefit. Uh, it's beneficial for corporations to have the copyright thing for them more so. I feel like small unknown artists will be actually able to make more money by using the Creative Commons license. 
for this one fact that everyone's making derivatives. And especially if your art is amazing, you'll get tons of derivatives, which is tons of marketing vehicles. And, yeah. and so, so the, the copyright actually is there in place to benefit the gigantic corporations, the, you know, the big ones. And so um, I feel that if we all work together more, then maybe we don't have to have, you know, people enslaved, to work for, you know, I mean, fuck, you know, the only, the only model that I can see is good in the world is Chobani, which is, you know, that, that CEO, he pays, you know, everyone gets like 70,000. And so that what that, that's very much like a crypto art. That's a, I mean, a crypto mentality because everyone is incentivized to do more and work hard and work, give it your best. Right. We don't want, we don't want like, a society where we have like only rich people that enslave others. Cause I see that too going on now. Um, we want a, a, a society where people are feeling empowered to give it their best. And the way to do that is to, is to have people in tokenized economies. Cause if you own a coin and that coin is representative of this art that you love, and then you decide to do a derivative, you're adding to the value of that. And it all, it's like, it compounds. And so yeah. tokenized economies, if they're done properly with the right people that are showing the way, then I think this model could do amazing things for the future and for right now. It's just, How we need time work? to work. Like, is it, um, you need to make a bit of changes to the thing, right? You can't just take it exactly the way it is and, and like, right? Is is there any, like, for example, your your collection. Um, okay, yeah. If someone gets a piece from it, they can't make kind of, you know, a copies of this exactly the same thing, exactly the same way and sell it, right? They could. They have to. They could. They it's public domain. You You can do that. You, okay. I actually, even if I you're not making any changes to it, okay, got it. I encourage people to copy it. You know why? Because then other people will see the art. Yeah. I'm not afraid. I've already been paid. Like I basically, I have a built-in income stream for the next year. My project is going to be a one year long because I have people lined up to buy my art. I don't have any anxiety anymore. It's gone. Okay. And I don't, I'm not afraid of someone stealing my art. In fact, I wish they would, you know, um, because I don't have time to build stores. And I, I would really would like a store with merchandise in it and stuff like that. So if someone copies my art directly, let's say they put it on Rarible, I'm okay with that because th those people seeing that art over there, um, I mean, they can buy it, but, you know, they'd have to research they can do a, a reverse image search and find out that I'm the original creator because now we have the blockchain that determines that it's me that created that. Where it came from originally. Yeah. Where it came from, the origin. Yeah. And so it's like, it's very essential that you have to be an NFT creator. Like you have to be an artist using NFT technology to ensure that in the future you are properly um recognized and understood as the original creator of that artwork so if you are against nft technology and by the way it is only a technology it's not it's not like oh those nft people it's a technology just like the internet is it is it's like the most neutral thing in the world it's yeah. just that 
no one quite understands these basic facts of using a new technology to make sure that you are properly attributed as the original creator of a work of art. And then, so once, okay, once the buyers realize they bought a fake or a copy, what happens to the value of that NFT? It goes way down, right? Because they don't have, they didn't buy it from the original creator. The only reason anything has value is because you know, hey, XYZ artist, they're the ones who created this. I have yeah. their energy stored within my wallet. Yeah. Direct energy from them. You know, it's like an energetic transmission or something. Now we're getting a little psychedelic. <laughs> so yeah. I want people yeah, to know no, that I, I am it's, a psychedelic because that's how I operate. I don't, I don't, that's why when people couldn't get my crypto sales in the beginning, they're like, hey, I put a bid. Mine was the highest. I said, I'm using a different system. Mm-hmm. OpenSea is not using my psychedelic system. There's no, platform that exists right now that operates the way I do. So maybe if anyone's listening to this, like there's a different way to do stuff and I know how to do it and earn money at the same time. That's the difference. We have the tools. I get a little hysterical Um, about this because I've been thinking about this topic for five years. (laughs) No, no, no. I get it. Like, you know, it's been been a while and you've, you started thinking about it way before many of quote unquote influencers got into the space, right? So Yeah, um, they're not the real leaders and they're not they're not the main influencers of culture. They're the influencers of pump and dump schemes, um also rugging. Oh, we have a rug pull burn party. Let's get in you might have another topic, but I want to talk about what I have planned for the future, which is coming up pretty soon. I got a lot of stuff happening. Let's I don't know if you that. knew that or not about uh, our party. I, I still, I, I know as much as is in the article because I read the latest article you shared with me. So whatever is there, that's as much as I know. So, but, but please, please feel free to share. Okay. So everyone, <laughs> <laughs> so because, because my crypto still is, is a satirical PFP project born out of, the lethal combination of greed and mediocrity. See, greed on its own, I can I can deal with it. I'm greedy just like everyone else. Do I want a Tesla? Of course I want a Tesla. I'm not a fucking idiot. Okay, I had to get that out there because people think of me as like, well, you're like anti-rich people or whatever. No, I'm not at all. It's just that the way that you become rich is is important to me. I have principles, okay? So scamming people and rugging them um, from promoting a fucking shit coin like B gold. No, I think you're a piece of shit. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Anyway, back to her schedule on January 1st in my crypto vassals gallery, we are going to have what's called a rug pull burn party. This is going, this is being, this exhibit is being um, built by the crypto Stella's owners. There's about how many of us in there around 15 to 20. And we will be, guides which which all that means is that we will be burning we'll be in crypto boxes which is virtual reality um uh burning the rug pulls now how this thing works is that we are taking the first 100 people who submit their rug pull nft 
And I have the link is in my latest article and I'm, I'll be doing an article that specifically lays this out. Is it like the NFTs from a project yes, the link. has been rock pulled? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So there's a type form form that you fill out and it'll ask you, what is the link to your rug pull? You have to be the owner of it. You can't just submit some random thing. You've got to be like the owner of it. And then it'll ask your Tezos address. I'll get to what you'll get in exchange for it in a second here. Your Tezos address and your Twitter account, because I need to do a little research to make sure that you're the real owner of that uh, rug pull. So mm -hmm. the first 100 people who fill out the form, give me all the information and I verify it. You will be getting a combined, like a communal uh, rug pull NFT that contains all the rug pulls that were submitted. Okay. And you'll be getting that on Tezos, I'm pretty sure, because fucking gas yeah. is like killing me. Yeah, so yeah. so you so basically what this is, I'm I'm accepting rug pull scam NFTs as currency to get the communal uh, rug pull NFT. And the amount of rituals and stuff we're going to have at this burn party, there's real fires already going on right now. We'll have all the rugs displayed all over the buildings. So <laughs> it's a rug pull art ex exhibition. You can see all the rug pulls that have happened. It's, it's fascinating because there's stuff that I didn't even know, like these projects, right? So anyway, I it's think a historical moment. Turn, yeah, I think you're trying to turn something super ugly into a really beautiful art performance. <laughs> that's that's, that's right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. And um, just for everyone listening, also, there is a um, rug pull video contest. The top three videos and what you do is just you describe you can make a video any way you want you can show your rug and talk about it or you can show your face or wear a mask or whatever you don't have to make a video like video if you don't want to so um the first three are like the best three videos that um, are about your rug pull they will each win a crypto stella that and the deadline is the december 20th for that and 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 also at um at the rug pull event, I'll take all those 100 people and we will pick, uh, randomly we'll pick one winner to win a Crypto Stella as well. Nice. So so there's a lot of opportunities to earn. Crypto Stella is coming up. If you do something, you know, like, hey, if you participate, you have a chance to win. And also if you create something awesome, which is like just your story of being rugged, you know, if you have a if you have an amazing story of being rugged or some, I mean, we want to know. Like, I I'm interested. It's kind of yeah. a weird thing no, because no, it's such no, a, no. It's such a stories, source of shame, right? It's such a source those of stories shame, are like, important as well. Yeah, I mean, those those stories are important as well because you know you, you you have to be cautious and you have to know that they exist and and kind of you know you have to to know the ways that they operate. So I I think I mean most most people that I know have been rugged so many times they can't even count, and we're talking yeah. maybe yeah. we're talking millions and millions of dollars, right? Absolutely. And since and we, I, went, we touched yeah. the rocks thing, I think that, you know, it's it's time to tell I'm, I'm being approached by, oh. by loads of projects wanting to be on the podcast. I just want to, you know, another disclaimer, just one more time that I'm not doing any paid placements. I'm just featuring people or projects that I find have 
interesting stories behind them and are have an interesting kind of message behind it so uh, obviously i wasn't paid by <laughs> stella obviously it's this no, like, promotional video or whatever just you know, want to no. put it out there so when people approach me just you know uh, for promotional purposes i'm i'm not doing that anyway i love so. that about i love <laughs> that about what you're doing because you're providing a real service and people, you always want to be associated with integrity and quality, and that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I, and I didn't, I didn't know that you were doing this. I'm so far in my own world. I can barely, you know, manage all the stuff going on, right? So yeah, you're you, doing when so many did, things. So <laughs> yeah, oh my god, when did you start this podcast, for example? So I mean, How long I've, has been, it been I've been podcasting in the last eight years, right? So the first four. four oh and yeah, and a half years, I remember. It's yeah, so fabulous. I started with four or five years of, of the writing podcast, The Right to be Read. Then, you know, it was kind of, it broadened a little bit and wasn't just for writers, but was about any personal brand. So it was called Brand Architect after that. Then during the ICO hype and stuff like that, uh, and, you know, when I started mm -hmm. getting into Steemit and things like that, I started doing a new podcast, which was called Crypto Talks. And I had to stop it just exactly for that reason, because most of the projects were coming with all these offers to Sheila Cohen, and I didn't want to do it. And the environment was such that it was very hard to do anything else, right? It was like no one was interested in anything else but... The project of the stealing of the right? token. Exactly. And I didn't want to do it. So I stopped and kind of, you know, I made a pose. And about a year ago, I restarted Crypto Talks. And it was more about blockchain, about interesting <clears throat> projects, humans behind the blockchain, etc. And I think a few months ago, because I really started sort of segueing into NFTs, I started creating my own and really loved the community. I just niched down crypto talks into NFT rebels. So it kind of I decided to make more focus on what I really enjoy myself. So that's how the whole kind of long journey of eight years ended up with NFT rebels. <laughs> wow. Um, I was going to ask you something. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to tell you, there's a, I can't remember the name. There's a startup that's doing um, books that are for the metaverse. So what you do is like when you're in the metaverse and you find these books and then basically by pressing a button, it'll be a print on demand type thing. Wow. And, and, okay. and I thought that was brilliant because what that's doing is it's, it's fusing the metaverse world with the real world in a way that you, you know, you discover the book while you're in the metaverse, a effort, you know, I don't know which one they're going to focus in on, but. It's not um, public, is it? Is it no, I don't public? think it is. No. Okay. no, but I mean, you, how many books have you written? Like you should really, you have all this expertise in writing and, and, and books and stuff that, that like it's there and they're NFT books now too, where they're, Oh, I minted mine. Yeah, why I was asking because there were there is still a platform around which is called Publica. And during the Crypto Talks times uh, about three years ago, I interviewed their uh, their founder and um, and I actually minted my first novel on on that platform. It's still around. It's on the blockchain. So like I minted my first novel three years ago on that platform. Oh. And, uh, and so yeah, 
I mean, <laughs> it's back in the days, like I didn't a... even know it was an NFT or whatever, because it, we called it publishing on blockchain. But basically, when you look at it, it's, it's, it's the same thing. But, but yeah, yeah, drop me that, uh, uh, share with me that link. project uh, details when you remember. I don't remember the guy's uh, name. I wish I could remember. I'll, I'll think of it. Okay, I'll do it. I think they haven't, I don't think they've launched, but I want to partner with them because um, um, Crypto Stella's project, um, NFT project is going to be in a physical book at the end. Oh, okay. Done it. Uh, I'm making it into a book. Um, yeah. Uh, pretty much, I have a long list of things I'm going to do. It's just, oh, oh, big announcement. I also need to tell everyone because I haven't been very um, clear about this one thing, which is if you own a Crypto Stella's on Christmas, you know, December 25th, I'm going to be looking at all the addresses that own one on the 25th. And if you're one of them, you will be receiving a New Year's present. Wow. I'm not going to say what it is, but you'll know pretty soon. <laughs> nice. And so I have I have this sort of elaborate thing that's, that's planned. And until the video is done, that that really uh, unleashes this thing, this 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 thing onto, you know, it's it's a, a dream that I've had for probably my whole life to do something like this, and I have the funds now to to really um, put a lot of my ideas into reality. So that's that's coming soon. <laughs> nice, oh. yeah. Okay, so I think okay, like so. for for anyone who uh, who wasn't following Stella, like you know, <laughs> real OG uh, here since like probably since most of you haven't even kind of you know heard about NFTs or crypto back in those days. So um, as you can see, very unique with loads of different crazy ideas. I, I'm sure it will be very entertaining to follow her. So just give her a follow. And uh, and yeah. I, I mean, do have a lot of wild ideas. It's, it's yeah, part, yeah, yeah. part of I it. Know. Is, That's, I mean, just... Stella never changes. I've known her since uh, <laughs> five years. Uh, she's always full of uh, many completely mind-blowing ideas. Very, very different. And, and she's bold enough uh, to sort of go ahead with them, right? Even when people don't really understand or accept it so she just doesn't oh. care she just goes ahead with those <laughs> what, what if right? they're not understood or accepted do you think i'm do you think i'm kind of crazy i have no idea uh, do you I, think I i'm think... a little bit off the kilter no, I just, I feel like, you know, uh, many people would be a bit cautious about if they had that style. Very often people are asking me like, you know what, my style is not trendy. It's not something people love buying. It's not a popular one. It's not a common one. Should I change my style? And then I'm like, no, 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 you should stick to it. Like, you know, but so, so yours is like not the kind of mass market type of thing, right? It's different. It's unique. It's not like what everyone else is doing. So, it is you know, mass market. <laughs> I don't no, know if you saw my, looks did you see my Snoop Dogg um, NFT, my painting that I painted yeah. him in the medieval, in the 15th century? Yeah. yeah that, yeah. that is actually done in a, in the style of, of the 15th century. I mean, so 
I wouldn't say that I don't have mass market appeal because if you look at some of my art, it's done. I'm not using bleaching, although, you know, I have done that before, but I mean, I use AI and stuff and a lot of my work that people may not know about. Um, but that, that is done in a traditional art style that people buy that kind of art every day. Yeah. So but I, I, I think what no, I think what I meant was like, you know, you probably don't worry too much about whether people will like it or not. If you like it, then it's good. Oh, no, but I don't worry don't about that, that anymore. Yeah, I used I, to. I, think... I In 2020, when I was, I was like, well, I mean, Metapurse, who bought, who bought the Beeple, Metapurse owns some of my art. And like when that happened, I was, and I, I don't even know when, what order. Metapurse bought my art called the nft which is like one of my best animations i think so when that happened it was like oh fuck i better make more art like this like because hey i don't it was for two eth you know it was like my first sale it was like two eth and it's it's by a famous collector so i was like fuck i don't want to mess this up and so i was i was getting worried like oh i know the creative commons well you know i don't <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean at that time I was like well forget about that I mean I need to make money right this this is like the first time I made that kind of money from my art and then yeah. so the, the, it's a lot of fear right it's like you know I don't want to do anything that's gonna make my collectors mad and everything I have completely I've completely given that up and I've actually like given some of my collectors my art now because I'm kind of getting more in the reflective period of you know if people are doing doing such amazing have done such amazing things for me then they they deserve this as a gift and so the gift economy um, principles are starting to come back to me a little bit and the the reason though is, is because I don't have to worry about making money anymore I'm making plenty of money um, in many different ways so um yeah, I can I can kind of yeah. release myself from that pressure. Yeah, I mean, once that pressure is off, I think like, you know, uh, people are, uh, it's easier to experiment. It's easier to sort of set yourself. Yeah, it's scary though in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is, but then, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to add one more thing that uh, I don't know if your viewers know this, but um, I've been building um, Encrypto Voxels for nine months. I'm a you know, a metaverse architect, a voxel architect. Uh, what I want to tell people is that I have a community collection in crypto voxels that I mint for free for anyone. I mean, anyone. And so it's to help people that don't own land in crypto voxels make and design their own clothes so that they can run around in crypto voxels and they don't have to be charged any money. And this is a free service that I'm doing for the community to help uh, bring in more people to crypto voxels because I believe that's the best one. Like for me, they have the most artists and stuff. Anyway, I'm throwing that out there because I want people to know that that they can make things for, they can make 3D clothes using Magic of Voxels, submit the file, which is a box file to my, um, community collection, which is called Stella's Community. And then you got to send me a message on Twitter because I'm doing so many things. But if you do that, just say, hey, I, I minted the stuff, you know, I'm waiting for it. And then I'll get to it in the next few days. Um, then you get something minted for free. And the reason I can do it is because 
I'm using the polygon chain, which is like, it cost me like a penny to mint the stuff. And so yeah. I can mint it for free. So this is, this is something that, this is a service that I don't think that many people realize exists. And I don't, I don't advertise or do commercials for it. <laughs> because if, if I got an onslaught, like, you know, don't submit more than like 20 box files at once, please. Like, you yeah. Know. Just, and, yeah. But I don't know if you realize that either, but that's a, that's a benefit. And I also take 5% of any sales. So like, let's say you sold a bunch of your stuff in my collection. I would take 5% of your sales to cover my time. Like I spend a lot of time on this every day now yeah. or every other day um, minting. And so it covers the basics of my time, but most people are like, Hey, it's free. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I wanted to okay. throw that out there. Yeah, anyway, thank you. I, I really loved the conversation. Thank you so much for coming over. I think it was super good to reconnect as well. Um, so we should be in touch. I, I'm joining your Discord, so just to see Yay, what you guys that's are old, that's my old Discord. That's from it's your old one. Yes, it's the same Discord from 2017. I've kind of hidden a lot of the old channels that everything is still in there, all the contests, all the people that won stuff. It's all in there okay. still. So I'll check it out but. and I'll just have a look at see where it's the oldest, your, oldest crypto art Discord. over there. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. For thanks, me. thank you. Thanks everyone I for really watching. Appreciate it. it was super cool. Thanks a lot. Take care, everyone, and see you in the next episode. Bye. That's all that I had for you today. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow. And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at anialexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.